Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Baptism, The Door to More Than Christian, and it is part of the Don't Just Be a Christian Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit us at our website at bccma.org or you could always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do, but I'll tell you in a moment, okay? You'll, you'll see. First of all, let's, let's go ahead and read our text today. And uh, this, this, uh, this message is called Baptism, the Doorway to Being More Than Christian. Baptism, the doorway to being more than Christian. And um, we're going to read the passage where John the Baptist uh, begins to baptize people. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 3, verse 7, um, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. (laughs) That's, what if your pastor said that to you, you know? You came to be baptized, they say, you're a snake. That's rough, isn't it? Who, who, warned you to, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do, not, um, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more more taxes than than you're required to. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Uh, He knew his audience, didn't he? The people were waiting expectantly, were all wondering in their hearts if John might be possibly the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In many other words, John extorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son, and whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Now, in the New Testament, the act of water baptism became the primary ceremony to signify that you had committed your life to being a serious follower of Jesus Christ. And you had to be serious because the social consequences were great. Uh, People's families had funerals for them when they became a Christ follower. A Jewish family would literally have a funeral for you and you were disinherited. Uh, from the family's uh, uh, estate if you made a decision to follow Christ. And because these baptisms were public, they were not um, 
They, they, didn't, they didn't go inside of a building and be baptized. They were baptized in the Jordan River, and probably the Sea of Galilee, other places like that. There were, so were outdoors a lot, of, a lot of times. And I'm sure, there were, I'm sure they found other ways to baptize people as well. But um, uh, there seemed to be, if you, if you look at the story that I just read, there seemed to be some clout with who baptized you. And, and it seemed to be that the prophets, and it's hard for us to relate to this in the 21st century, uh, but well, m- maybe not because we certainly have uh, uh, celebrity pastors today, right? So, yeah, there's celebrity preachers, celebrity pastors, celebrity singers, and I've, I've watched many people go and want to be touched by the man, the man of God, you know, and want to identify with the man of God and get them to sign their books and sign their arm. And so, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff still happens, I guess. Uh, but uh, so, so it, was a, it was a big deal. So John apparently was almost like a celebrity because all these people were coming. These, these were people from the culture, tax collectors, Roman soldiers, going out and, man, put your, put, put your signal, put your, put your name on me, man. I want to be able to say, John baptized me. And uh, that, uh, th- you see that carried over into Paul's ministry where Paul pushes back on it and says in 1 Corinthians 1.13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanus because, I don't, because beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. <laughs> and, and so it's obvious that this culture of, of a prophet, a rabbi, or a well-known teacher was kind of a celebrity, and getting baptized in them had a lot of meaning. And uh, Paul says no. In fact, he says this in, 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 in the next verse, in chapter 7, verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 1. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross should be emptied of its power. What Paul was saying to us there is this act of baptism it's not supposed to be an end in itself. It not so, it's not supposed to be, I got the label, I'm a Christian. It wasn't supposed to be a label. It was supposed to be a doorway to the power of the cross. And what they were to realize there when they were baptized in water is they were to realize this was a doorway to an identity that would change their life. An identity that would completely change their value system change their psychologists talk about uh, having an internal or an external locus of control and it's considered an unhealthy thing if you have an external locus of control in other words if the if if your center of gravity and what controls you it's what's going on in the media or what what your best friend thinks or even what your spouse thinks all the time if that controls you you have an external locus of control Psychologists believe that it's healthy to have an internal locus of control. And so Christ comes to live inside of you and, and become your locus of control in your life. That's what baptism means. So as I read the 12 stories, I realized they preached this better than I did. And they get it. I was so blessed. And so they're not going to be here, but I've asked two readers to come. And to read their summary faith stories. So John, um, uh, what's his face is coming? <laughs> John Wiersma and Stephanie Pachette Weatherall. 
It's coming. I still think of you as Bichette all the time. But uh, these two wonderful people are going to read. Stephanie's going to read the ladies' stories. John's going to read the guys. And I believe you're going to be blessed. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so I'm going to begin um, reading for Lori Corson. My life before I trusted Christ. I'm the oldest of five children, and my family started attending church and Sunday school after my father left us when I was 12. I learned about Christ in Sunday school, but the stories were general, and the church sermons made God appear distant and impersonal to me. After a couple of years, I stopped going to church. I moved to England for a year, 18, then came home and moved on with my life. As a young adult, I made some bad decisions, and the regret regrets weighed heavily on me throughout the years that followed. The fulfilling family life that I built with my husband, Joseph, and our girls, and the fact that we were members of a church family never made it better. My sister, Lisa, talked about God's grace, his forgiveness, and the possibility of a personal relationship with Christ and witnessed to our family over the years through her words and actions, but I never internalized it. My change of heart. In April of 2016, Lisa was diagnosed with cancer and went to be with the Lord 12 days later. These last days were her greatest testimony. We had family prayer sessions in the hospital, and when her children, Josh and Bree, fell apart, she reminded them that this was God's plan for her and encouraged them to be still. She stayed many times, that she didn't want the family to hurt over her passing. <clears throat> she chose to pass in a hospice house to avoid the memory of it remaining in her home. Lisa's daughter, Bree, was due to get married in August of that year. She couldn't bear the fact that her mother wouldn't be there, and we knew we had just a few days left with her. The day Lisa moved to the hospice house, our families, along with the staff at the house, and a few kind strangers pulled together a wedding in four hours, complete with cake and champagne. Lisa patiently sat for hair and makeup and wore a beautiful new dress. I wheeled her down the hall and she saw Brie and her fiance Chris get married. I was with Lisa when she passed three days later. As she left here, the room was filled with an undeniable palpable peace. Her last 12 days were proof of God's grace, the reality of power and salvation, and the possibility of a personal relationship with Christ. I decided then to give my life to him my life with Christ. Once I turned my life over to Christ, God began to work in me, showing me my sin and moving me to change my attitude and behaviors. He continues to change my focus and priorities to the things of the heavenly world over those of the temporary world we live in. I experience God's grace and mercy every day. He fills me with the Holy Spirit to help me overcome whatever comes after me. I am a work in progress, but I know he will complete the work. I have joy and peace because I know God is in control. Um, the second is for Colleen Greco. Life before Christ. How was your life before you turned to Christ? My life was good but not great. I didn't understand what truly was and truly important, what my purpose was, or what my role, my faith played in my life, or even why. How did you change your change of heart toward Christ come about? When my parents passed away, I felt like I wasn't accountable to anyone. 
I genuinely believe my husband and children would not let me get away with just about anything. Excuse me, would let me get away with just about anything. The dramatic and obvious unrealistic example I'd give is that if I committed murder, they'd forgive me, saying <laughs> that I probably had a good reason. <laughs> I just didn't like the lack of accountability. I always say it's a good thing I'm a decent person because I didn't push my limits, but I easily could have. I grew up Catholic, but had no connection to the church until I came to Bethany. It was a massive cu culture shock for me, but I liked it enough to keep coming back until one day I felt I understood it. Then our family experienced trauma, and it broke me into a million of tiny pieces. I found myself needing church as badly as I needed to breathe, and I will never forget the day I was saved. My life with Christ. I trust God with everything I have. I trust that he has a plan for me and that I will be okay no matter what. I always believed him, but I'm at a much deeper level and I feel lighter, happier, and a sense of freedom that is indescribable. I know so long as I love him and follow him, I will be okay. I want to clap for the last time I clapped. <laughs> Lost my paper. So. Uh, Stephen Greco, how was your life before you trusted Christ? I was born, baptized, and raised in the Catholic Church. We went to Mass on Sundays because it's what you do. Stand, repeat, prayers, kneel, shake hands, take communion. We get, uh, get to dress nice for Christmas and Easter again. It was what we did. I didn't dislike it, but nothing resonated with me spiritually either. After getting married and having children, I didn't feel as connected to the Catholic Church, almost as if I didn't measure up or belong. We would bring our little children to Mass, and if they cried, we received looks of disappointment from other parishioners. Each week, there were additional collection baskets for additional church needs. I obliged, but when I went home, I repeatedly felt like I paid for an expensive ticket to gain nothing spiritually, feel empty and disconnected from my faith. For my entire life, I've always been a person who emphasizes peace. I was kind to everyone and sort of fit in everywhere. I felt like being, being able to stay on everyone's good side was being a good human, possibly being a good Catholic, and that was good enough. Eventually, we stopped going to church for a number of years. My change of heart. Three years ago, our family went through tough times. I had left my job of 15 years because I felt like I was at a dead end. And then we had a very difficult incident with our son. And while we were going through it, I watched many people take a step away from my, myself and my family. I didn't know where to fit in and began feeling quite lost. My wife, Colleen, had been attending Bethany for a short period of time and asked that the kids and I join her for a Mass. She had told me great things, but I wasn't sure what to expect, having never experienced a, a Christian Mass. Well, I did attend one gigantic Mass in Florida when we were at on a Disney vacation as a kid. There must have been a thousand tourists there, and it was really hot. That's pretty much all I remember. But at Bethany, seeing so many different kinds of people coming as they are, hugging, high-fiving, smiling, and being accepted for who they were was eye-opening to me. When I began to, uh, to experience the service, I was immediately energized. The music, the members standing, swaying, singing with their hands up, it was magical. It's funny that example, uh, 
song in, in, included uh, the song Reckless Love. The moment I, I heard that song and read the lyrics, I was moved to tears. I sobbed, something I've never once done at church because the lyrics hit me and it felt so good. For the first time, I was beginning to understand the unconditional love Jesus had for each of us. Your words, the visual cues on the projector spoke to me that day as well. For the first time in my life, the word of God was being spoken to me. I felt how it applied to me, and it made sense. Later in the Mass, Colleen and I went up and asked to speak to the prayer partners. While they prayed with us and for us, the tears came again. People we didn't know at all reached out to help us pray, telling me it was going to be okay. My life with Christ, every Sunday since the first time visiting BCC, has been a breath of fresh air. What I came to understand is that church isn't what you do. It's spiritual guidance that you live and feel. It's about taking the message and lessons and applying them to every day. Being a better person on Monday, right? I still try to be a good person every day, not only because it's the right thing to be, but because Jesus loves me and wants me to be a good person. He wants me to love and help to provide a kind spiritual hand and to trust that when things don't seem to be going well, that's where the work is being done. Have faith, give it time, and in time, things will work out. Since viewing life from this vantage point, I've stopped sweating the small stuff, breathed a lot more, and trusted that God was in control. I know I'm not perfect, and I love that I get to wake up every day and try to be a better person than the day before. More than anything, I love smiling, knowing that God loves me for me. Bill Pear, how was your life before you trusted Christ? I grew up Catholic, but did not attend church and had no relationship with God. By my late 20s, on paper, my life was the American dream, exciting, fulfilling job, lovely wife, and beautiful children. With the birth of our daughter, Rosalie, March 2015, life got difficult. As many know, she was born with multiple health and developmental issues. We've watched her in intensive care many times, kept alive by machines. I was filled with pain, anxiety, and stress. In September 2017, Rosalie was diagnosed with kidney cancer. This was a low point in life. The pain and stress increased. I grew so angry, I was ready to snap. How did, your, how did your change of heart toward Christ come about? God is so good and truly does pursue us. I now recall many moments of what could only be the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder, bringing me to God. Please remember, I had no relationship with God when I share these moments. In 2016, one of Rosalie's times in intensive care, I Google searched faith and came across Hebrews 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I believe God put this verse in my heart. September 2017, at my wife's grandmother's funeral in a Catholic church with, with the news of Rosalie's cancer diagnosis lingering, 
I became overwhelmed and overcome with emotion. This was not typical for me at the time. I used to be good at holding that back, but these tears were not in sadness. It was a feeling of hope in a time of death and pain while in the presence of God. October 2017, Rosalie started chemo. One Sunday morning, I don't remember the dream, but I woke up and told my wife we should start going to church, that we needed more to get through this. I asked her to connect with our friend Stephanie, who attended BCC. This was the start of our BCC journey and one of the most pivotal days in my life. In November 2017, we started to attend BCC regularly. I must say, we were drawn in by the wonderful worship band and were hooked on Pastor Phil's sermons. We were welcomed with such love. People took genuine interest in our family and our story. We started reading the Bible, got our kids, our children involved in kids' church. We found a home. My life with Christ. The words made new are truth. I've been a committed follower of Jesus since 2018, and this has brought me a sense of peace, love, and gratitude I could never have imagined. I'm not perfect, and we still have many challenges in our lives. Our beautiful Rosalie still has many health issues, but through these challenges, I now have God. My family has God. We have strength. We trust his will. I don't, like to, I don't like to be the center of attention, so I have not signed up for baptism until now. I felt God again tap me on the shoulder a couple of weeks ago when Pastor mentioned baptism and chose obedience. Michelle Timulianis, how was your life before you trusted Christ? I never grew up with any sort of religious foundation. I spent many years in foster care. Those families went to church occasionally. I was young and have no idea what denomination they were. It didn't matter anyway, since I was always being moved around. My birth certificate says I'm of Protestant descent, and that's where I put on my US Army dog tags. I spent my childhood um, and young adult believing there was a God whom I was pretty mad at, uh, but that, that was the extent of it. It wasn't until I had my own children that I tried, without much success, bringing God into our lives. I eventually gave up on the idea of church. If I couldn't understand it, how are my kids going to? My change of heart. I bounced around churches trying to find a home. I knew what I wanted. I felt propelled toward it. And then I found it at BCC. Everything came together. I finally felt a sense of peace, joy, and fellowship, a feeling of completeness from the inside out. I was home. The music, the staff, and of course, Pastor Phil. From the first time in my life, religion wasn't scary. I referred to BCC as religion for today to tell to anyone that will listen. The sermon contains scripture, but it's scripture with an explanation in reference to life as it relates to today's world. Early on, I had met Pastor Phil and said I wish I could attend more services, but I worked until 2 a.m., and that made it difficult to get to the one service that was offered. A few months later, BCC announced they would be doing two services. I would like to think of that, excuse me, I would like to think that I'm, import, I'm that important. Therefore, a second service was offered, but I'm not. Haha. -ha. 
I almost <laughs> gave up on BCC because of the service time, but Christ showed me that I am important to him. The second service was a, was a gift, showing me I was meant to continue my journey and grow my faith right here at BCC. I truly believe there are no coincidences, just blessings. My life with Christ. I won't for a second pretend to be anything other than what I am. I am an empty vessel, longing to be a good Christian, be filled with the love of Christ, and at some point give back to those who crave the same. I know today I am loved unconditionally, valued, and worthy. I have never felt that way. I feel a sense of completeness. I have a strength and confidence that I know comes from him. I value the process, the lessons, the word of Christ. I am so very thankful for this baptism today and every day hereafter as a child of God. Terry Adams, my relationship with God and his son Jesus started or became prevalent when I started working as a firefighter in Hull back in 89, mainly due to what I experienced and the men I worked with that drew me toward a belief that there was something greater at work than just my day, my day-to-day life. I really became more vocal internally uh, when, after struggling with addiction, I chose to walk I chose to talk with, realizing that there's no, no one more present to guide me, God and his son, Jesus, to give me the strength and gratitude of each day. I choose, chose their will over my own. I kept my addiction at bay for eight years, and the rewards I received were life-changing. I was present in my life with friends and family. I was able to make a home for myself and my family and other gifts that are too many to mention in this brief revelation of his will over time and the humility to know when to let go and let God, as they say in the hands, in the halls of AA. At this point in my life, I'm actually getting reacquainted with Jesus because I had lost my way. And even though I was still communicating with the Holy Father, I, I lost hope and gratitude for which I ended up in a very dark place, but being drawn back to the church and trust in his plan for me, that there is one man above the rest that gave the inspiration to get out of my own way and bring me back to church and find what I gave up again. I honestly have to say that Robin and the love of family literally saved my life. I feel that I'm getting back on track, obviously with me reconnecting with God and his son Jesus, and I don't dwell on the past as much. I'm human, but I'm looking forward to the great things to come. Anthony uh, Piccello, my life before I trusted in Christ, before I found the Lord in my life, I was, a compl- I was a completely different person. Abused marijuana and psychedelics. I was greedy and deceptive with a short temper and lust in my heart. I had never worried about what was to happen next for me in the long term. I had never really gone to church with, des- with desire to, and I was depressed and anxious. My change of heart my use of different substances brought me to a place in my life where it made it way too clear how I wasn't heading toward, toward the right direction. 
marijuana was increasing my depression, shortening my temper, while psychedelics were, were feeding these false beliefs into my, into my mind that had constantly contradicted each other and only led to deeper confusion. It left me in a place that allowed me to believe that God had abandoned me, my life with Christ. I've become completely sober for the past six months, and while my temper may not be perfect, it's far better than the past. I'm a lot happier and more forgiving than I used to be. I may not attend church very often, or at all really, but I enjoy picking up the Bible and reading outside when I can. I spend a lot of my time trying to learn more about God, God's teaching, and to do my best to share him with others. Jared Leonard, my life before I trusted in Christ. As a child and young adult, I was raised Catholic. I went to church every Sunday with my family and complete, completed all my Catholic sacraments. After I had made confirmation, my parents gave me the option to decide what I wanted to do religiously. So I chose to stop believing and not attend church anymore. It took me a long time to realize it, but my life had a void, and I tried filling that void with everything but Christ, my change of heart. In 2013, I went to Spain and Italy on a family vacation. On this vacation, I noticed how religion was so intertwined with people's everyday life and how peaceful of an atmosphere it seemed to create. I really feel that God was sending me a sign and telling me that I needed to bring God and Christ back into my life and my heart. Ever since allowing that to happen, my life has changed for the better. My connection with Christ is stronger than ever, and it continues to grow stronger every day. My life with Christ. With Christ having a prevalent role in my life and allowing him to lead me down the path of light, I've become a better person. He and God have helped me eliminate a lot of sin from my life. I'm not perfect, and I still make mistakes, but I know with God in control, these mistakes will become fewer in Christ, and God will continue to lead me in the right direction. By allowing God to be in control of my life, I've become a better man, husband, and father. I pray more, and new relationships have developed in my life, making my connection with Jesus and, and God better. I do my best to tell people how great Christ is and how much joy he and God brings to your life. Devin Gross, my life before I trusted Christ. As a kid, I was a member of the Catholic Church, but I wasn't very interested, and I would only really go when I had to for religion education classes so I could one day get confirmed. Early in my high school career, my cousin Bethany started inviting me to youth group, um, camps, retreats, and other events after seeing how disinterested I was in church. When I started going to youth group, I started to feel a lot of joy, which really made me want to keep going, and ever since, I have formed a great relationship with God. My change of heart. After going to church and youth group for quite some time, I started to feel much better and more confident in myself, and I started to be more loving and caring towards others. I made great friendships with people at church, at different churches, which, is, which I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. I started to see changes in my life, big and small. After seeing the amazing work God has done in others' lives and in my own, 
I knew it was time to be saved, and I got saved at retreat in 2018. My life with Christ. Ever since being saved, I have seen the good works God has done in many different areas in my life. I know that God's plan is better than my own, and that the joy he gives is a gift the world cannot give. John 14, 27. God has given me so much peace and joy, which is the reason why I choose to trust and follow him. Skyla McCarthy, my life before I trusted Christ. Growing up, my grandmother went to church, and I lived with her, and I never liked going because I never understood who Christ was and why I had to go. When I moved back in with my mom, I never went to church. She was never involved with Christ, not even when she was little, so I stopped going. During my freshman year of high school, I started going again every Wednesday with my friends. I didn't ever listen because I just thought that being Christian or Catholic was just a bunch of rules that I had to follow. I preferred to do my own thing, but during that time I was sad because life isn't how I wanted it to be. I was hurting people, letting people down, which isn't what I wanted. I wanted to change the way I lived and did things because I realized it was how I wanted to see myself in the future. I also wasn't easy having friends that didn't care about what they did in life, so I did what I felt was good for me. I found different friends that had different interests, and they lived in God's image, which is something I wanted to do. I started going to Bethany every Wednesday and Sunday with my friends, and ever since then, I felt peace, and I felt God was continuing to work in my life. My change of heart. My change of heart going to church made me realize that I wanted to be a better version of myself. Listening to the pastors and kids that have been involved with Jesus their whole life tell their stories made me realize I wasn't alone and it's okay to make mistakes and not everyone is perfect no matter how hard you try. Growing up, I always wanted to be perfect and I thought it was something everyone had to be. My life with Christ. Life with Christ, ever since I let Jesus into my life to take control of my life, I found so much peace and happiness. I feel he's always with me wherever I go. And having God now I know I'm never alone and I have to and I have some to hold me back from making bad decisions in my life. That will keep me on a good path. God has changed my life and me in the most amazing way possible. I know that he will take care of me through my darkest hardest times and he will never leave my side. Quinn Tyler, I'm not perfect, but I figured to stop thinking I have to give my life to God when I am. Mm -hmm. I will never be perfect. I believe it means more to give myself to God in the depths of my struggle to say that even now when I'm going through hard times, I give myself to him, trusting that he has a purpose for the pain. The pressures of the world brought me to my knees, but I wouldn't trade the baggage because that's where you found me. I have always grown up in church and have always been able to feel God's presence in my heart. I've cried for this world, the broken people and broken homes who are hurting and for all the sin and pain. And I cry for God who has to watch his children get lost and taken by this, his world. He will not lose me to this world, nor will it take my friends and family. I will make certain of it. I have been overwhelmingly blessed by God. He has given me an amazing family, friends, mentors, passions, talents, and every single amazing thing in my life I owe to him. Who am I not to give my life to the very one who gave it to me? 
God has put a fire in me, and I will do my best to set others on fire for God. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. The only burden I want is the burden of the cross, but this burden brings everlasting freedom. No more bondage to the grave, for I am leaving the person bound to the grave in the water, and from the water my spirit will rise, being free with Jesus in all things holy, being set apart for God's kingdom. I once asked God, God, how do I become great, not just good? And he said to me, you become great by becoming teachable and by listening to my plans for your life. To this I replied, why God, why must I give you control? I love control. And he replied by saying, because I am the God of the universe and I can see things you cannot. I paused because I realized he was right and he would always be right, so I listened. Hopefully this is one of the very first milestones on my way to becoming great for God. At the end of your life, what matters is what will last forever. The word of God and people are the only lasting things. Material things will fade as we do on earth, but what it is we can take with us. We can take our families, our friends, and our souls. I have outwardly claimed on Sunday, October 25th, that I will follow God for the rest of my days, sharing his word and praising him for his glory. Abby Darwin. My life before I trusted Christ. I wasn't brought up in a very Christian family. My mom had gone to church, but only for holidays. Going to a big public school is obviously not a very Christian place. You have people here and there that know about the Lord, but most kids went off on their own. My friends during this time didn't show me the right path. I wish I would have been introduced to Christ in middle school. I would have if I went to BCA. <laughs> church itself didn't interest me. The point of it did, but church itself didn't. <clears throat> I knew I needed God in my life because no one knows my plans but him. I knew I needed to make a change in my life. In early seventh grade, a good friend of mine that went to BCA introduced me to BCC and Forum. Ever since then, I've been going to Forum and Sunday church every week. Once I found these people, I felt able to be myself. I felt that surrounding myself with people who wanted to see God's will was the best choice for me. My change of heart toward Christ. My change of heart came not too long ago. Forum every Wednesday is a big part of why I feel I want to be renewed to God in water baptism. The topics we talk about, like the salt and the light of the world, our stories, hearing other stories, going to church every Sunday, and listening to pastors preach was the, the, the cleanser I needed from the bad in my life. I felt so welcomed into the world of Christ. Hearing the songs and the sermons made me think so much about my past and maybe want to become the best version of myself. The Hillsong song, Good Grace, is one that really speaks to me, especially the line in the song, God is madly in love with you. This lyric speaks to me because it's saying if the world is making you feel no one loves you and has no one, it's reminding us you always have God and he loves you. My life with Christ. Life with Christ is better than most imagine. Ever since I've been introduced to him, I see him more in my day-to-day -day life. He has made me able to see the world a little clearer. 
Knowing I have someone looking after me at all times is reassuring because I know I don't have to worry if my efforts weren't good in anymore for people, but to please him because I know God has a path for my life. I have so much trust for his plan for me because he has never failed me before and never will. So much. I hope as you hear these stories, I hope you think of friends and family and neighbors who would like to come to Christ if they only knew. They would like to come to church if they only knew about church. Let's, let's stop being quite so shy about inviting people to a relationship with God. Let's stop being quite so shy about inviting people to church. Because these are all, a couple of these people were, have been around for a while, but most of these people are, are new, brand new to our church, brand new to, to, to God. So let me encourage you. Also, I would close with this. Just maybe you're here today and you heard those stories and you're still on the other side of that story. You're still pre-Christian. You, you like, perhaps you like coming to church and you like the music and the, the sermons help you. And I'm glad. But nothing replaces a personal relationship with Christ. The church, even the church itself doesn't do that. So I want to I pray a, a prayer uh, for you who have not made that decision, not made that step. You hear people talk about church. and, and, and the, I, I want to be very, very clear, by the way. Uh, many, many, many people in the Roman Catholic Church have a vibrant personal relationship with God. These are just individual experiences, and I'm sure different churches, different parishes differ from another. So we're not, we're not anti-Catholic. I just want to be very, very clear on that, and uh, very, very clear that they lift up the deity of Christ and the atonement of Jesus Christ just as we do. So um, I want you to understand that. But if you, regardless, whether you grew up Roman Catholic, you grew up uh, Pentecostal or Baptist, I don't care. If you've not made that step to ask Christ to be your guide, the the leader of your life, then I want you to do that right now. I'm going to pray with you. You can uh, can silently or quietly pray after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I realize that regardless of how I've lived my life, I'm separate from you. That means I'm a sinner. I know that you are the only one that can save me from being separate from God. You're the only one that could close the gap between my goodness and His glory. So right now, Father, forgive me of all of my sin. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Make me right with the Father. Make me right with with you, Father, through your Son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.